Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the latest uh, Hoops version of Mountain West Connection uh, podcast. Uh, website, mwcconnection.com, as always. Twitter, Facebook, just type it in. You'll find it, right, right Eli, you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, we're talking some hoops today. Uh, it's a Friday, so hopefully get it to you uh, quickly for Saturday's games, but it's also good for next week. But here's what we're going to do today. It's been a week, so we've had enough time to actually look over all the information and read about the New Mexico-Colorado uh, State uh, fiasco from last Saturday. And we still don't know exactly what happened or what started it. it, it it's tough to digest what exactly happened i think there were a number of different events to that led to the strange conclusion with omagbo and and the new mexico assistant but what a what a strange day what a really strange day for the mountain west last saturday because it kind of i guess the real stuff started i guess there are some alleged stuff in pregame which i'm not entirely sure if that's accurate or not but what most people saw was probably the hard hard screen or hard pick, and then the post game stuff from Jeff Grammer there from the Albuquerque uh, Journal. So what kind of happened at the beginning? If you miss this somehow, or a reminder, if you don't know, there is a, a hard pick. Like uh, Rams had the ball, and just going up the court, and then big guy makes a pick, and then who was it that fell? Sorry, I just had it. Um, I think yeah, it was Joe. Cage that fell, and Firstinger set the screen. Oh, sorry, New Mexico set the screen. I apologize. I'm looking at those uniforms. On this video, it looks like that's those orange ag uniforms, so I apologize. Sometimes they <laughs> wear those. But, yeah, sorry, New Mexico, yeah, made the screen. And then the guy just – Paige just – it looked worse than what it was. Like, it's bad. It stinks. And there's a little of the elbow up, but he's basically down, and I don't think there's really any of sort of a push there. But it was a – it's an unfortunate play. He got hurt, and it's within the rules. But, again, it looks hard, looks worse than what it was because you fall on a basketball cart, court – it's going to make a big thud. You have a guy who's, what, six, eight inches taller than you, and you just run backwards and fall over. It's it's unfortunate. Just Like I said, that's why the coaches got mad because the CSU coaches – or New Mexico ah, – jeez, all the coaches got off the bench and everything and go help their guys out and everything. But it, it's – I don't know what to say. It's just a hard – it's just kind of a hard – you know what I mean? It's just one of those plays where – the guy who got hurt and it wasn't illegal about it. Yeah, it looks looked strong, but it was just a guy standing there waiting and not sure why he's, nobody mentioned it's like, hey, watch out or something. There's some comments about that. Why didn't anybody say tell him to move out of the way or something or heads up? Yeah, exactly. And this is one of the plays in basketball where it's it's, it's strange because you have a legal play and first thing wasn't called for a foul in this play, but it's still not exactly within the realm of what's, I wouldn't say sportsmanlike, but it, it's strange when you have that sort of collision where a, a foul isn't granted, and, and I don't think that a foul should have been called in that situation, and it wasn't, but it it's just unfortunate that that, that was the conclusion. And I my only problem, and I mentioned mentioned to you this, that I, I, I don't have a problem with the screen. The only thing that really bothers me about this, and I know hey, it hold on contributed second, okay. a little bit to the fire, was that the the Lobos player first finger after the screen, and I'm, I'm sure he, he knew of the impact that he had when he hit Paige, was that he, he went over to the Lobo bench a little bit and was taunting and 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 have, causing a little bit of an uproar with, with his teammates. And, and I don't think there's any time and place for that when there's an opponent lying on the ground that that doesn't really settle well with me as as far as sportsmanship is concerned well that yeah that's the uh, actual issue where mm-hmm. there's a couple te- what two technicals called one on each side then coaches get up and it's just like yeah, this is kind of there's may have been sort of pregame but this is kind of what made it real not real but i mean just escalate it and I, it's it's strange what happened afterwards i don't know if I didn't see if the handshake line was was anything unusual, but Emmanuel Amagbo, the CSU forward, that's that's usually a 
fairly level-headed guy and, and pretty humble and he went after the New Mexico coaches after the game while they were heading to the bus which is is I've never seen anything like that before. I don't know if you have, but players going after other coaches after the game is something extremely bizarre. Yeah, it's rare and this game um I don't get like the coach like Here's the thing. If there's usually an issue with a kid and adult, I'm going to say, hey, adults, short up. Don't add to it. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, they were in the wrong for doing these because there's stuff saying because about a year ago this time was when his parents lost in a house fire. Mm-hmm. And so there's I'm not sure how concrete this is about them bringing that up to him, which if you do that, come on. It's like that's totally ridiculous. And at this point, the Rams guys were going out. They're heading home. This is a home game. Lobos guys, I I. I don't know the protocol after a game. Just hanging out just to wait for Craig Neal or waiting for players. Or I don't get the point of them sitting there just kind of waiting by that door. Their bus was, if you watch the video, I think you could see their bus is right in the same area nearby. <laughs> but they're waiting there for whatever reason. I don't know why. No, I don't think anybody, I don't know the protocol. So it's like, okay, they're waiting just to not sit in the bus because they have a long bus ride back, whatever, to airport or wherever they're heading to. You know what I mean? And so... Yeah. But then the other coaches don't do much anything either. But I don't – it just – like, yeah, the, both people did some stuff wrong. But come on, if you're an adult – and this guy, there's some people on Twitter. I forget who it was, an AAU coach. He's like, as long as Henshner's here, I'm never sending or recommending any of my players to go to New Mexico at all for any mm-hmm. reason. Because he's had issues before where kind of similar stuff like this last year. But it's – we don't know. Like, even the Mountain West came out. Like, both schools looked into it. We haven't concluded – not that nothing's gone wrong, but who's right or who's wrong by looking at everything. They basically said each school is going to handle it themselves. And yeah, and I think that's the I think that's the right move because I I mean I don't really have a side in in either of this. I don't think New Mexico did anything worse than what Colorado State did, but it could have been easily prevented. And there were times where the other teams were kind of egging each other on, and I think that. We're typically critical of what Mountain West statements usually are because the last however many months when, I mean, we know what happened with the stopwatch game and then with referees and and just all different sorts of on-court, off-court incidents with the Mountain West, the statements afterwards have usually been been pretty lenient and, and kind of giving the sense that, okay, we know what happened. You guys figure out what your resolution is. And I think that's probably a fair assessment of what happened after this game because I mean, what are you what are you exactly going to do? Suspend someone for? Is in Terrence Rancher's case, are you going to suspend a guy or find a guy for for just standing there because he didn't really say anything or um, hearsay stuff too? Yeah, exactly. And and you stay. She said different things than what Neil said, so it's kind of the back and forth. So I think Mountain West, although it. On the surface, it looks like they didn't do anything. I think they probably solved it the best way, the way that they possibly could. Yeah, because here's part of what their statement was. It's like the Mountain West examined all facets of the event because there was alleged, so like I said, pregame through the postgame confrontation, and then after a number of conflicting perspectives have emerged, in some cases there's no definitive proof as to the responsibility part of either party. And unfortunately, as a byproduct of our current electronic media society, blah, 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 news cycle, there have also been inaccurate information and substantiated reports circulated regarding what may or may not have occurred. And so basically what they've termed undesirable athletic competition environment, correct. And while they say, yeah, poor decisions were made on both sides and it's unacceptable, it's what the, because there's a thing by Keegan Pope, what he put out there, and people are bashing him, like, I've confirmed this. And whether he's, I, whatever, I'm t- I tend to believe people are going to put stuff out there they're not going to do it just for the heck of it, especially something like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when people are like, who told you that? Or who you? I'm like, well, he's not going to tell you, obviously. And then that's where people, this, which what's happened the past few months. Oh, if you don't say who it is, it's not real. You know what I mean? Like if you don't mm-hmm. yeah. give up who told you, it's like, but he's not going to do that. And so it look, it's just, an, he's the only one who said that. So it's like, there is some, um, that's probably, I'm assuming where the, uh, unsubstantiated report line comes in there from what he tweeted out from, um, right after the game on Saturday. And so it's like, well, it's not to say I don't not believe him, but he's the only one who had it. So then there is questions into that. But overall, it's like, again, I'll go back and say, if you're an adult in here, you need to control the situation more than the kid. Like you stay when they're leaving, he grabbed, grabbed Emmanuel and just hauled him off away. It's like, come on, let's go get out of here and tell the coaches to grow up, which that's where I come down to both sides of the wrong things. But 
you got to put a little more blame on New Mexico for the coaches for him acting the way he did. Yeah, I would I would say so. And and going back to what you said with the with, with reporters relaying information, I think that it was probably handled the best way that it could have. And, and I think that it's important that that things are are shared of what people people said. But but like you said, not laying down specific names is is probably best in this situation, especially when you're dealing with with students that are 18 to 20 years old and, and when comparing them to coaches that have been around the game of basketball or, or around students life for or life. Yeah, general. exactly. I mean, they should know how to handle these situations and it's, and it's not saying that whatever these athletes say is fine because we know that it isn't always that scenario, but I, I, I think that the coaches should always know how to take the high road and, and, and follow through with that. And I don't think that was a, the outcome of this. Yeah, and with the reports of, like, I have work in what I've been doing, plenty of information. I never give up unless I try to find another way. I'm not going to, like, I DM people or I people. Like, here's an example. I'll say it now because it's been long enough. But the, when the when there was the Mountain Network, I had the guy, I, I don't remember his name, so it's whatever, whoever's in charge of it. And this is, like, five years ago. And so he just emailed me out of the blue, hey, the channel's closing this day. I'm like, and he didn't say anything else about it. He didn't say don't write about it, do anything huh. about it. He followed up quickly. This is off the record. I'm like, it's like so. I, I was debating. I'm like, a couple things. Like, I don't know the guy. I'm like, I could just do it, and nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, he burned him or whatever. You nobody give you <laughs> yeah. information ever. It's not like with the Mountain Westing. I get a ton of info. I get a little bit. My other job, I do a lot more stuff, and that would towards uh, BYU get information. I'm like, okay, I need to call somebody else or email or work on somebody else to get that same info before I go with it or talk to people I know, but. Like he said, no, don't say. I'm like, okay, cool. So what I did, wrote something up, get ready. Once it came official from like Sports Business Journal, I went with it. But it's different than somebody, like in that situation, what was said. It's like he's hearing stuff from the warm ups and stuff around there. So it's not like he has time to chat with somebody else or does that really said. But like, there's reasons people don't give that up. Like I could have done that and been been an idiot and nobody give me info ever again. Said not to, but had something ready to go when it did happen. But mm-hmm. you get information like that, you're not going to tell. There's people who go to jail for that stuff. You know what I mean? Not to get too serious, yeah. but there's people who are like, no, I'm not doing this. No, because you're never going to get information again, and that's how stuff works. And people who say, oh, if you don't name who gave you info, you're it's not for real. It's like, come on. There's yeah, yeah, and you have to that. take everything with the grain of salt that is online. I know that we harp on that a lot, but it's true. Even when you have... Uh, noteworthy networks and and different stations online that are producing information of things that that aren't true or might be misleading. So and it, it's easy to to follow up on stories that that might not be exactly true when you just see a bunch of tweets being scrolled in. So. Or by like one person or group. That's where it's like okay, I need to find somebody else, and nobody else said what he was saying. So it's like I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna I'm like okay that. And going with other information, I could see where that comment came through. But let's move on to actual basketball. So move okay. up for that. Because, again, there's a reason, like, it's so tricky. There's so much information. That's why the league didn't come down with anything official. Because they scoured through everything probably more than we did, probably called both coaches, talked to players for a week. Because that statement took almost a week to come out. Like, a couple, well, not a week, but a couple days. I think they handled it fine. Yeah, yeah there's not much more you can do. It's like you don't want to give go into just infer or insinuate what may have happened. Last week, the team of the week or was Boise State, but whoops. <laughs> yeah, they just they, it's so strange with these teams that uh, I mentioned it with with some of the people online. How it seems like there's a a new Mountain West trendy pick just about every day or, or every time that this conference plays games, and that happened to Boise State on Saturday. Well, and Tuesday. Mexico. It's mm-hmm. again road. It has a home game. Okay, here's here's my prediction right now. Fresno State because they beat CSU at home the other day. They beat Boise State. They're gonna finish. What is, I think they'll finish a top three team in the conference, just because they're probably not. They may lose one game at home, like to a San Diego State. Now that Malik Pope's back, I, they do they do host. Yeah, they host Aztecs on February fourth, and so I'm thinking they possibility depends how they play in the road. But I I think they could finish top four, but like get bounced in the first round game. Because at home they are a very different team than on the road. And they beat Boise. They they won. They beat Colorado State. But the Broncos they lose to the Mexico. Who like we said a lot of people said the Mexico has talent, but are they going to put it together? And they scored eighty one points on the road at Boise. It's another tough road win where 
Tim Williams and Eli Brown did their thing, and then the, like we wanted the third player. Logwood had six, 15, or is that 16? 16 points. Sorry, my my eyesight's not great, but that's who. That's hey, I called it. Logwood's got to be the third guy on their team off the mm-hmm. bench, but they, and but Boise just meh. starters two st- starters score six points. And, and they, the last two games for Boise State, both of which were losses, they started slow. Both of the first halves, they trailed by, I want to say twenty two or twenty three against Fresno early in the in the oh, first half on Saturday's game, means, and they yeah. trailed pretty big against New Mexico and nearly made a comeback. And I want to say they were down more than twenty points, and they cut it within one uh, within the last three four minutes. So, I I I think in. February of last year, Boise State struggled with putting two halves together, and that might be the case now. Well, also one thing too, they, we know they rely on the three point a lot. They were five of twenty three versus New Mexico, and then Fresno they had to come back because they were down by so much. They did make twelve, but they're twelve of thirty one, like thirty five percent. Nick Duncan in that Fresno game, two of eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and so I don't know who to break because latest brackets have like Nevada in there, like an eleven seed perhaps. But what do we like? Is it just a rotating chair? Like, is Nevada going to lose two games this week or something? Or Aztec's going to make a run with Pope finally back and healthy? It, for me, I think that San Diego State is going to make a surge. I don't think they're going to catch Nevada, but they're favored, at least by Ken Palm, in all but one of their their last, what is it now, 12 games? Something like and that, and yeah. so, and now they have Pope back, and, and maybe they can start shooting a little bit better. I mean, we'll see about that, but... They've they've picked up three consecutive wins. I know they were against the probably three worst teams in the conference, but maybe this is the momentum that they need. They should pick up a fourth consecutive win against Air Force this week. So maybe this is what the Aztecs need to to finally gain some momentum and make a push for the before the Mountain West tournament. Try to get a higher seed for sure. Did we eventually find from team rankings the conference projections? Did we? Did you stumble across that? I I have a few tabs. Open. Yeah, I, I have that up right now. So there's. They have decimals on here just for projection, so that they have New, uh, sorry, Nevada at number one with thirteen point eight wins, and I, I guess I'll just I'll round up. So Nevada with fourteen conference wins, San Diego State with twelve, Boise State with twelve, and New Mexico at eleven. So okay, that's all they have, and then like tournament stuff. Like here's the weirdest thing. Like we'll discuss this now since we've done so. It's a pretty good resource. It looks like a lot of pay stuff on there, but you, there's free stuff. So if you go to like a bracket picks from teamrankings.com. Right now, this is surprising me. They have, um, out of the teams to make the tournament, Nevada is 80%, which makes sense. They actually put San Diego State ahead of Boise at 38 and then uh, 23. And I just pulled up Fresno just because how well they're doing at home. And this probably go in lo- go, it goes in the line of what I said about them maybe being a good uh, home team. Five mm-hmm. five and a half percent chance, 5.1 auto bid, which mm. I'm surprised because Boise's only 13 and a half. But they're basically saying it's Nevada's conference to uh, win for the bid, but 50% for at-large. That's ridiculous. How is that even possible? I I don't know if I buy that just based on how the tournament committee has treated mid-majors. I, I, I was about to say the last few years, but pretty much ever. I mean, there, yeah. there really isn't a ton of – there isn't a long history of, of mid-majors getting into the tournament from – at least at large perspective. So I don't know if I I believe in Nevada with over 50% chance of getting it at large, but on the flip side, I I like to keep tabs on the the teams that should be aiming for at-large bids or on the bubble, and they really don't have a ton to offer as far as quality wins or, or non-conference schedules, so that should help Nevada, but like I said before, this they need to go on a tear and can't afford many slip-ups. This is a team that needs to get maybe 25, 27 wins to, I think, have reasonable consideration for an at-large bid. Here's, what, here's I think, where they come down 50%. Do you see the odds to, odds on the side for win totals? Um, they have, I'll go through, if you don't, let's go through it. They have 30, here, they have a, I think here's where they get 50%. 31 wins means Nevada wins out and they're going to win the conference tournament because there's three conference tournament games they can go 28 and whatever. Mm-hmm. They also give a 100% chance at 30 wins. Here's the at-large situations. 30 wins, 100%. 29 wins, 100%. And then 28, 27, 26 wins total or 90% or higher. And then mm-hmm. even at 25 wins, 67%. So I'm thinking 
I'm guessing that's the reason why it's so high at 50% if they keep winning those amount of games. Because even Fresno State, they put, well, I guess if you win out, the highest number is always going to be 100%. But they put Fresno State, if they win 24 games, that means winning out and losing in the conference title game, they give them a 96% chance for an NCAA tournament bid. Well, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to believe that. Um, New Mexico didn't accomplish a ton in non-conference play, but but you never know. There, I've I've seen a lot of college basketball analysts the last few days mention how they they thought a team maybe after a loss, say Indiana or Seton Hall, I guess, or some examples, teams that lose games that they probably shouldn't have lost or, or win games against weaker teams, and they'll say something like, "I guess we won't see them in my bracket tomorrow," and then. They post a bracket and they said, oh, "I guess the teams that are on the bubble are actually a lot weaker than I thought they were." So, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of perspective and different things you have to account for. But maybe the Mountain West is in better standing than than we originally think. But I I still stand by Nevada as the only team that could get in at large at this point. Yeah, because I, I, looking through like twenty five, because Aztecs went what sixteen and two last year. Yes, they did, and mm-hmm. didn't get at large, lost title game. That like let's just say what, what how many losses do they have now? I mean, what's their standings at? There, I believe they have seven losses right now. I mean, league losses. Is it just two? Three. They're three and three. So they're saying, based off team rankings, if they win out, lose one game, that's one more loss than last year. Nearly guarantee ninety nine point eight percent chance with the and, worst and record than last year. Yeah, and their non conference uh, schedule, I think, is. Or results are are worse this year than they were last year. They have Gonzaga three losses to out. pretty bad teams and only one win over California, which probably will make the tournament. But Maybe. we'll see about that. Yeah. So, and then one last quick thing: we'll move into the games going forward. Bracket Matrix now have seventy six brackets, which is nice. Um, yeah, definitely. They go with Nevada, eleven point nine to four. They're in sixty three of those, high of a nine. It looks like. And then you have uh, Boise in thirteen and uh, San Diego State in one. And so it's this is pretty so accurate. It, it, so, yeah. Interestingly enough, there one of the seventy six brackets. I think it was Haslametrics, which is an analytical based site. They have two Mountain West teams in. I believe they have Nevada in as an eleven or twelve, and then San Diego State in as a fourteen. Which oh, I know who that is, and I got it right here. They're the only one who gave San Diego State the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the only one with an at-large for the Mountain West. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Hustler Matrix, yeah. So yeah, check them out. It's bracketmatrix.com. Go check them out. It's a pretty cool site. Just kind of screw around and see. Because when you have that many brackets, it's... I, I Do you know how accurate this is at the end of the year? Like for on-seed line? Do you have any clue? Uh, I, I think that... Do you mean just the composite, all of the brackets Yeah, like together? if they could composite. Like right now, their number ones are Villanova, Kansas, Baylor, Kentucky. Like, so, I think when when the final brackets come out, the bracket matrix is almost always ahead of Fox Sports, CBS Sports, ESPN, all of those. And I think last year, actually, a a group of high school students won the whole thing. I think they <laughs> predicted maybe sixty six or well, no, I mean, I mean, sixty eight teams, not the one, but I mean, like their seeding, like they get Villanova as a one, or they get Notre Dame as a four. That's what I mean, like. Oh, the, the difference act- in their seeding, actually seeding because. To be like, okay, this may sound like I don't mean to demean like you or people do bracket, but to get these to mm-hmm. get sixty five of sixty eight, sixty of sixty eight, honestly, I don't think it's terribly difficult. It's, I think the work is getting the seating correctly. Yeah, and and the way that bracket bracket matrix does it is instead of they count the number of teams that you correctly put on the seed line. So if you said Kentucky was number one right now and they are, that's one correct for the okay. correct seed line. I see. But they, I think that this is a fair way of assessing it. They have how many teams you have either plus or minus two on the seed line. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not always the case. I know that I, there are some teams last year, I think it was California that got a five seed that was fairly unexpected. Oh, yeah, they should have been more towards seven or eight. Purdue was could have been a three, and then they ended up with a five. So I, I think the plus or minus two is it's usually fairly high, probably in the 60s out of the 68 teams for, for the brackets that end up doing fairly well. Okay. I was going to curious because it's, like I said, like 
I'm, I know it's not an easy thing to do, but I can, I can almost the pick. Okay, I can pick probably without even doing any research. Fifty to you know what I mean like over half the field. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why like I want to see the more precise. Like not, I know it sounds terrible to say, it, but you, you kind of get what I mean. Like there's the teams like oh picking Villanova, what a shock, or picking Kentucky to or Kansas or you know what I mean or you yeah, exactly. It's you like, have at least forty forty five gimmies, and yeah. then you have the auto bids, obviously. So yeah. if you have teams that are just completely off where their C lines are, then you do get penalized for that. That's so that's okay. That's that, definitely a good part about this. Yeah, so that's fun. Ch- yeah, check out bracketmatrix.com. Click on the blog. They have a lot of other things on there. And so let's get to games going forward because last week was just weird with Boise losing. So we're, we're really quick. Do you have Nevada's RPI? Are they a top 50 team at the moment? Hey, last time I checked, they were. Okay. I, I, they sh- still should be. Okay, so this week, here's what we have. We'll go through Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So for those Saturday folks, um, listen to this now as soon as you can for those games. we got uh, – <laughs> Six games. Six ga- Every team's in action. Okay, so Jeff Grammer put out the lines real quick on these games. Boise is okay. We shouldn't say it's a gimme anymore, just because they lost. There are no gimmies in this conference anymore. They are a five-point road favorite over San Jose. That seems a bit low to me. Yeah, I, w- I would say that's low, but I mean we've been shocked before. And San Jose State, do they have? I think they have two conference wins. Yeah, they're two so and four. Far. Two and four. So and they have, I, I think, one of the top five players in the conference in Brandon Clark. But if, if Boise State can't handle that game, I have no idea what to make of this team. Yeah, they, they should win. So I, so I just brought that up just because the five point was interesting. UNLV at Air, or Air Force hosting, or uh, Air Force at UNLV. It's, UNLV is a three point home. Wait, no, sorry. How am I reading this? Plus three means, uh, yeah, UNLV is a field goal favorite. Uh, well, football, I guess, field goal three points. <laughs> or three point field goal, <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. I don't care about this game too much. Check it out if you want to if you're a fan of the team. Air Force has been not great, but I would like to see UNLV actually do something because, like, did you see what Menzies went off on everybody? Somebody asked about his team being soft or something after the post game, one of the one of the games last mm-hmm. week. It's like, well, don't lose to those teams. You beat New Mexico. Okay. They beat New Mexico at home, right? Or on the road, actually. Yes. Where, where that was at the the pit, or was that at? Um... It was at the pit. That's right. You know, yeah. excuse me, Wise Pie Arena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be politically correct, there. Apologies. Yeah, wise get, <laughs> get your money. Get your money's worth at the buffet pizza there and salad. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think UNLV is probably better than we think, and and I've said that before, but and, and we know how good home court advantage is in the Mount West. Uh, I mean, they should be able to. Yeah, they at should least be fine. contend with Air Force, so that could go either way. They, uh, yeah, toss up because they're both nine and ten. I, like I said, they like even Steve Fisher said the other day they're still the brand of the conference. So when they're good, it helps everybody out. But I still mm-hmm. think they're. I know basketball; it takes maybe two guys to be really good. So I think next year they probably not to go too far ahead, but I think in two years is when they should be back contending for a conference title. Yeah, and they're not losing many players this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Compared to you last can't, you year, can't. It can't be you'll worse. never have a team. That, yeah, can't be worse than what happened last year. So they'll they'll have some continuity going forward. And real quick, Fresno, um, Nevada, Fresno's on the road, so they're going to lose. We can move on from that. <laughs> I, I I hope that game's entertaining. I think that's the the most important game on Saturday. I, yeah, I could see that. For yeah, I could see that for sure. Nevada's a nine point home favorite. Nevada's good at home, so that's why I think they should uh, win convincingly. Because when Fresno beat CSU the other day, they. I know CSU's down. Well, they have seven scholarship players now. They're not down. They have won two in a row, but they've been both at home. They go on the road where they have lost uh, four in a row on the road. They, they've they won their last four games on the road, and they've lost their last four – or excuse me. They won their last four games at home. They lost their last four games on the road. So Yeah, the road, the road room was – defining. Was stinking Pacific, who's not very good. Mm-hmm. So – yeah. They're not – Fresno, they they scored eight, 78 points and easily beat CSU, which people are like, oh, CSU, those guys only play a combined 12 minutes. Well, when you don't have depth, that's a big issue. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> You only have two guys off the bench. Yeah, getting 12 minutes to take over for somebody, that's a big deal because then you see like their last game, three start, four starters played 30-plus minutes. Yeah, and I think – I don't know if Eustachie's put any of these players in, but they've – I see Juan Sabino, who I don't know if, if you've seen that name before. I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. I think Eustachie's looking at some track players to potentially put on the team. Maybe a 
a football player. So he has to get creative because Go there's find a tight no end. depth on this team. Go yeah, find yeah, t- yeah, exactly. To play power forward. Is Michael, was it Michael Gallup? Does he want to play basketball? He can, he can, uh, he can at least catch I, the inbounds. <laughs> What's that? He can catch the inbound pass, being the wide receiver. <laughs> I, I know that I think Julius Peppers was mentioned earlier this week. He was a solid college basketball well, player. Well, so was uh, Eric Weddle for Utah. He played hoops. He was actually bringing the ball up the court for Utah. Really? I did not know that. I think hmm. for a year two. And then right now, Corbin Kafusi, uh he switched from basketball to football for BYU, but back with the hoops team. So, mm. and it, and. Bronson Kavusi plays with the Ravens. He played on the BYU Hoops team. So there's a few here and there, but I just remember the Eric Well did it for a couple of years. So he's a, he's probably my favorite Utah player ever because he's played quarterback his last year to play Wildcat, returned kicks, DB, <laughs> basically kept the team alive. So he's like, he's a pretty cool guy. And everybody seems like him anyways from the Chargers to mm-hmm. the uh, Ravens. But let's just get to the uh, Rams game really quick. My schedule, uh, Wyoming, New Mexico, there's, it's a road game for Wyoming. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think Wyoming is. I don't know how to explain this, but they're they're more of a team that's defined by the the venue of the game than Fresno State. They, they seem to yeah. thrive at home and struggle on the road. So I'd, I'd probably hand that to New Mexico. So what does the Lobos chances have? Because if Logwood, because I want to see him have more than one game of being that, even if he's off the bench, the third score, double figures. Where would you put them in the mix from like Boise and Nevada or even San Diego State? Assuming if Logwood comes out and averages, say, 12 points a game the rest of the way. And and Brown and Williams play as 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 we expect them to. Yeah, so what's that, 33 points between those two? So these three guys average about 50 points a game almost. Maybe 48 to 50. I think that's definitely a team that would contend. I mean, I think, where would you put them right now? Top four or top three? Um, I'd say top four. I like I said first it was tricky because they're so good at home. So they might just mm-hmm. default land in there if they only lose one home game, which could be a possibility. I would talent wise top four because again I still think they might have the two best players in the conference on one team almost. Yeah, and and that we've mentioned that before how the third score in New Mexico could be it usually is the X factor. I'll have to look in that and see. How will they do when they have a, a player not named Williams or Brown that, that gets 10 or more points? I'm sure their splits for that is is in their favor. So I, I think if they could get a guy like Logwood or Hunter, I, I, is Harris out right now? I think Harris is healthy. Maybe it's Adams that's out. But it, if they get one of those players to consistently score over 10 points, then that's it's definitely a team that could take two or three games in the Mountain West tournament. Yeah, it looks like with Harris, he last played. Um, no, he played versus Boise. He hasn't been out. He's been playing. He's just been not showing up. Scored six points. Boise zero versus CSU. Mm. And so maybe it's Adams that's. Uh, I think it's Adams. But yeah, looking at yeah, he wasn't listed. But like looking at the UNLV loss, they had four players in double figures. But that was the game we mentioned. Bryant hmm. took or Brown took a million shots for thirteen. So yeah. and that's not playing to his standards. So no, and so. Yeah, whatever. And then CSU Utah State, um, Aggie should, dude. Go. I know the Rams played altitude, but going up to Logan to play them against, like, come on. Yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about that. Utah State wins by about twenty. I'll go. I'll yeah, say. It. I'll say twenty a points. Really tough game. Twenty, huh? Hmm. Why not? And then let's go run through these really quick. Um, we don't need to go because Tuesday and Wednesday games. Aztecs at Air Force. Um, ESPN three. Aztecs win by a lot. I I would I would assume so. Road road happened. Road game. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, I like I like SDSU by a lot. And then I don't know what to make of this Utah State at New Mexico. Are we on the re- return games already? Didn't they play in Logan already once this year? Mm, they did. Or, yeah, they did. Yeah, well, that's they, a quick that turnaround. was the third game of the conference play. Yeah, and that's we saw New Mexico uh, lose at home. So this is what oh, I got too many tabs open at the at. Jalen Moore's good, but it's again, it's I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a pretty good game to watch. I think just because of what Moore can do offensively, and then if you have say uh, Merrill or um, what's his name Kirby um, get some points and doing what he could be as the one's leading scorer or Kobe, sorry Kobe McElwain, <laughs> not Kirby, mm-hmm. sorry I'm thinking of uh, mixing names up there, but him and Moore <laughs> get Shane Rector maybe I don't know that that's so that's a game to watch because I think there could be a lot of points for, if you're inclined to put some numbers on it. Take the over for scoring, I'm assuming, in that game. I think so, too. Williams and, and Moore should be a fantastic matchup. And, and McElwain against he, – he should match up with Elijah Brown. So winner could 
probably winner will probably score over 80 points and i think they could go either way yeah that's on espnu uh, nine local time there so eight pacific so that's if i go watch the game this whole week like saturday or next week that's probably my number one game I th- that's that's a good game i think i'll still probably go with fresno state nevada it could be i just think with it being in reno i don't i disregard fresno because they're on the road mm. In Nevada, if I looked at their schedule earlier, there's a team that's only two scoring possessions away from being from owning the second best record in the entire country. So that's a team that is is fairly dominant when they're on. Yeah, the next next games. Okay, the Pillow Fight, San Jose State versus Colorado State on Ooh, Wednesday. Um, hard pass. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's on TV either. It's so. gonna be some streaming, probably Mountainous Network streaming or Campus Insiders. Oh, okay. uh, then you got UNLV at Wyoming. Wyoming should win that because, like you said, they are they really like their arena auditorium. Yep, home team. Go with the home team. Most playing outside of – okay, that name and then University Stadium for Lobos football are the most generic names ever. <laughs> University Stadium. Man, that's, it, that's a far cry from Wise Pies. <laughs> what would it take, honestly, to rename that something? How much money would they name it to get it to be called the uh, – Mount West Connection Stadium. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We should we should explore that. I will how many you- how many stadiums around the around college sports are are named like University Stadium or Memorial Stadium or or Auditorium or something like that? It seems at least, like at least half of them. At least War Memorial Stadium is something decent for Wyoming football. Mm-hmm. But I get it. It's usually names and stuff. There's not too many sponsors tied for stadiums, but it's. Hey, just about folks. Come on, if you. I like MW, I like MWC connections. There you go. There you that go. <laughs> Get all that TV time. And then oh, the yeah. the one game, actually, this game could be what I want to see: Nevada at Boise State on eight o'clock on Wednesday. This could be hope... conference um, first place on the line, likely at least at the moment, with one and two losses for each team. Yeah, I hope that the Boise State crowd shows up because they've had. Oh, some, they've been uh, some... beat down on that. Yeah, they've had some lackluster crowds the last the last few weeks. And Wait, excuse me, all season? Game. No, no, no. Give it correct term, all season. Come on. Okay, all season, yeah. <laughs> and and even when they're they're winning last year, it was less than impressive. So, and uh, the Boise State social media account, and they have they have Leon Rice with his strange infatuation with with fire. Come on, he tried to he tried to light the sideline on fire. Come on. Yeah, yeah, and then he apparently ate a cigarette. So they're, they're I think they're no, Boise ma- State, a, no, it was uh, a, it was a patch of matches. It was a patch of matches, like a okay. book of matches, that, like the ones you tear off. Okay, that that's still weird, really strange. <laughs> yeah, but so they'll try to do whatever they can to to pack the Taco Bell Arena, which is probably the second best arena name in the Mountain West. But speaking of I that, that's a good game. Question for you: the game, I think. Uh, I think Nevada could. That'll be a good one. Just watch. So I think Nevada might pull it out. But what's your thought on the nationwide rollout of the chicken taco? Chicken taco? Where Can we just the, no, the no, food no, in general? No, no, no. The shell is going to be chicken. Have you seen those? I haven't. That I don't know what to think about that. Google that real quick. It's um, what, it's taco. what it's what you think it is. It's a instead of a shell, like the hard mm-hmm. crunchy shell or whatever else they have at Taco Bell. It's uh, the shells uh, formed into like a chicken nugget style shell. So you put. Whatever what? you want, ground beef, uh, lettuce, tomatoes, guac, sour cream, inside the uh, chicken um, shell. Oh, no. Did... Hmm. Guess I approve this more than that double down at KFC because at least there's actually a form-fitting type thing because that was basically two large pieces of chicken with stuff on the inside as a bun. This, I can get behind this more than I could that double down. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not huge on KFC either, so I'd, I'd probably go for this. I, I would be intrigued enough to... Give it a try, but I don't know if I'd be a return customer for this. I don't know. I, yeah, I would. I would give it a try. Once I like Taco Bell, and I, I like. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's really Mexican food, but it's a taco, so we'll give that distinction. <laughs> it, it's better than whatever Jack in the Box brings to the table. Oh, so. I don't like. There's not one near me in Utah because there's an E. coli breakout like a decade ago or 15 <laughs> years ago. So there's like one southern end of the state. I love Jack in the Box, but the tacos, I don't get it. It's like a waxy <sighs> piece of paper. With stuff I, I, I think I've had it once in my life, and that was probably at least 10 years ago and have not gone back to Jack in the Box since. The taco so, or just in general? I think it was a taco, oh, man. but I, I can't say for sure. <laughs> but like the other, I know it's greasy, but I, I actually like their burgers and breakfast stuff. It's really good. I just can't get it. But whenever mm-hmm. I'm driving down to, say, Las Vegas or that part of the state or from back home in Texas, I will 
stop there or Whataburger when I'm in Texas because that's really good too. But just <laughs> just that taco, I'm like, I, I don't know. No, give it away. I don't want to eat wax paper with with oil on it, canola oil on uh, wax it, paper. It just it looks so strange. <laughs> it's, what, I, I feel like I could make something better than that. But wait, doesn't Burger King have tacos as well? Do they? I think they, I, have I want idea. to say they do or used to. Hold on, that's a little misleading. Hmm. Yet yeah, Jack in the Box has tacos. Come on. <laughs> that's yeah, a burger I, joint. I, I don't know. At <laughs> some point weird. they did. I found a website. Um at some point they used to or did. So I don't go to Burger King enough. My wife likes it, but there's the one I know we're going way off topic here, but that's fine. <laughs> we're having fun here. That's what happens when you, one of your arenas is named Taco Bell and Wise Pies. So, exactly. So Food it's, on the it's mind. It's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> but um like we'll go there. It's like I've lived in this vicinity the past twelve years within like a ten mile radius in like three different houses. And there's only one Burger King. I'm like, I don't really care for it. It's it is what it is. It's not great. Their chicken fries are okay. Nuggets are awful. I'd rather go to McDonald's, which is hard to say because I don't really like McDonald's mm-hmm. at all. But anytime I go there, I know I know they've had new owners, new staff. Eighty eight percent failure rate of what you're getting in the back drive through. Man. Or really? it's I'm like, I have to check every time. All right, it's ridiculous. Or <laughs> We said when our kids were a little bit younger, there's a play place, so we'd go there just to chill for a little bit, let them play while we eat. Okay, mm-hmm. they like chicken nuggets. I'll get chicken nuggets. Let's get like two 10 pieces for me and the three kids, like 20 nuggets for three people. No, you get like 35 nuggets and everything else you ask for too. What? I'm like, nuggets are good enough. I'll eat more nuggets. That's fine, but it's strange. I, yeah, we, we have a little, a small little burger place. It's not, it's not a fast food restaurant that's. It's just about a mile away from from where I live, and more often than not, they get the order wrong. But it's it's usually in our favor, though. We have <laughs> ordering ordering a burger, and you end up with a with an extra thing of onion rings. So Boom. that works for me. I don't mind. It's just that this thing's like it's just wrong. It's like wrong things or wrong sauce or it. Sometimes they'll eat it, but it's like come on, people. It's uh, whatever food. Are, are, are you the type that that takes it back, or, or do you do you just hold on to it and, and take it for what it is? Well, if my kids are with me, I usually go back in because their kids <laughs> are particular. My wife as well, because like okay, normal what she likes to get just like a Whopper, cheese, tomato, lettuce. That's it. No mayonnaise <laughs> or anything because they slather that on and yeah, whatever. But if there's onions or something else, I'll go in. Yes, I will go in and change most of the time. If it's just me. It depends how bad it is. I may just go with it. Not a big deal. It just. What about you? Do you um, automatically go back in? I, I think I'm. I'm with you. Usually, I just take it for what it is. It's better than the hassle, and and more often than not, I'm just hungry and want to eat something at all. So <laughs> I'd one so point. I, yeah, I mean, I'm already at a fast food place, so just giving whatever you have is fine. If it's close enough, like I was at um yeah. Comic Con here in Salt Lake, and we're at the hotel. I'm like, let's order pizza. And that's a pain to get pizza. When this pizza's wrong, you're in a hotel. I'm like, should I really do it or not? But it was like way off, like mushroom and pepperoni. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I ordered something else. And I'm like, <laughs> should I? I'm like, no, I'm doing it because I want the food. I'll still eat this pizza as well and have more food tomorrow the next day <laughs> because it was just so way off. It was just one of the three and it happened to be the one for me that I was going to have like that day. And then we're there for three days that day and like another dinner. So you get like two meals at one. I'm like, no, I'm getting something I want because I want whatever. <laughs> that's a very few times but usually i'm like uh, sure whatever as long as it's close enough i'm okay with it mm-hmm. any basketball news we need to wrap up with now <laughs> after food <laughs> well, talk we we covered um we covered the origins of of the arena names so got that covered um i think that like you said nevada boise state and and fresno state nevada are the games to watch this week i think nevada could pull through with the two in a week and if they do then tied for first they they have to be the team to beat if they can if they can win both of those games i would assume so i i hope that this team can make a push for an at-large bid we'll see but i for now i think they're still around that 12 line or so as a as an auto bid yeah right now because the, the win total matters too like we'll finish with this they're currently um at um, realtime rpi.com it's a good place to check out stuff too they are sitting at a 32 rpi which is huge SOS 107. If they can get that SOS somehow to a hundred uh, within a hundred, that helps them a ton. I think just cause you get out of triple digits, which they play Boise. That'll help. Um, they have the chance for one, two, three, four more regular C. Oh, excuse me. That's pass. Wait. Oh yeah. Sorry. There's where they put project projected score as well. Four top hundred chance victories to happen on their schedule. 
and potentially six if they can win out and win the conference tournament or get to that range, play six top 100 teams. It'd be nice, but the top 50 wins, which we know are a big deal, they're 0-1 against top 50 teams. And so if they're sitting at 0-1, St. Mary's is the opening loss. Even if they're sitting at... Like their projected record is twenty five and six on um, real time RPI. They're lost to uh, at UNLV. Okay, yeah, <laughs> at San Diego State, at Boise. I don't get that UNLV one, but sitting at twenty five and six, fourteen and four. The I and think, no bad losses, no bad losses at all. Yeah, from, Iona. Eh, they're sitting. Uh, you probably follow Iona more than I do, but is this still a team that? Should probably contend for the MAAC. Yeah, the MAC. Bid. They should. Yeah, they yeah. they're sitting at 104 RPI. They they're not that great in conference right now. Look at their schedule real quick. Like they've lost to. They're actually only three and three and they're actually three and four and three and three in league play. It looks like. So that's not okay. very good for them. But they're 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 hovering around 100 RPI. So if they can get above 100, which will be tough because Mo- they play. I guess Monmouth moved to the MAC recently. I guess that's a new thing. They play them, and there are 56 RPI. Such a chance to help the VAT out or have them make a run. They're they're an okay team, not bad, not great. Uh, but hovering about 100 in the MAC and not doing well in the MAC, that's a, I think that's a pretty good accomplishment to see how good they've been playing all year and who they played. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see if they can hover. Like, we'll get into this next week or once it gets closer. What SDSU was last year, but they're 32 RPI. If they can, it'll dip no matter what. I think. If they're twenty five and six and fourteen and four, I think they can be about a top fifty RPI team. I think so too. Before the it's tournament. unfortunate for for looking at Nevada's non conference schedule that coming into the year it, it looked like a decent schedule and it, it still is to an extent right now, but well, Oregon State's awful. That, oh, geez. Yeah, it, we expected And oh, Washington's not great either. Yeah, Saint Mary's is what we expected. I mean they're they're one of the top twenty, twenty five teams in the country, but Oregon State, Washington, UC Irvine is usually fairly good, They're and not. Oakland. And these are teams that we expected to, at the very least, contend for a for a bid in the NCAA tournament. Oregon State's probably been the worst Power 5 team in the whole entire nation, yeah. and, and Washington isn't far behind, and... Oakland, although they beat Valpo about a week ago, they're they're still struggling. So it's too bad with how the Nevada opponents have turned out this season, but that's just the reality of it. I think with uh, Oregon State to Washington, their RPI will improve a little bit just because they're in the Pac-12. But again, what's Oregon State stealing? 250 RPI? You know what I mean? Yeah, probably about that. They're 286 in Ken Palm right now, so this is definitely one of the worst teams in the country. Yeah, 292 in uh, RPI. And then Washington... Maybe 150. They're 172 right now, so I don't. They expect, should. I don't think they'll they, get they to top have to play UCLA and and Oregon and Arizona and those guys, so it should improve. Yeah. So look out for Nevada. Look at this. You're getting close. Once it hits February, you want to kind of see what other teams are doing, especially like look at UCSB or Townsend or like even Iona Buffalo, how they're doing in their conference. Because right now, just we'll wrap up really quick. St. Mary's obviously they they lost the other day to Gonzaga. They're going to be what they are. But then like UC Irvine's undefeated in the Big West right now. Five, you know, so if they can win the conference, they do well. If Oakland, who's four and like they said they beat Valpo, if they can win that conference. So stuff like that, you want to see where that'll – what's that? It might be a dozen uptick in your RPI, but anything you, this conference can get from opponents is uh, worth noting. And say, yeah, anything helps, and for say, sure. And saying you lose to four conference champions or played four conference champions, whether they're wins or losses, hopefully more wins, that I, I would hope that carries a bit of weight. I, I wish that the – NCAA tournament would the the committee would look more at teams that you beat that are going to be in the field itself because you have teams that have top fifty RPIs RPIs that are playing in the NIT which mm-hmm. I think that if you beat a team with a seventy RPI that makes the the big dance is probably I would I'm sure you agree what is a better win mm-hmm. than a team that a team that finishes in top fifteen RPI and and misses the tournament altogether because they're so, in the conference they're in they're in the ACC yeah. And, and then they have the possibility of winning a tournament game. And you, I assume you saw about a week ago they mentioned they're bringing in Ken Palm, Jerry Palm, those those type of guys to look. I don't know if it's official, but to bring them in to possibly transition into using those as um, more official numbers or at least being discussed at the table more or as an option. Because I know right now if you're the AD from like Utah State, AD was in it last year, I believe. Like he can bring Ken Palm to the table, but it's not like an official thing. 
where it's like, oh, here's what I think because of this, but they still go back to RPI. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that move will become more official, at least more, not necessarily official, but more open to being discussed and used instead of RPI. Because again, the Missouri Valley about a decade ago manipulated it so well, they got, I think, five or six teams in the tournament mm-hmm. because of playing mid-level teams in the uh, Big Ten or Big 12 or ACC or big, you know what I mean? Like teams like that, Atlantic 10 or Biggie, all that stuff. So it's like, you can manipulate manipulate it. Well, you still have to win, of course, but there's ways to massage it in your favor. Yeah, and I, I think I, I'm going to do a write-up on that because I think that this is is probably the best possible news for the Mountain West because of of the way that this conference as a whole struggles to bring in top teams without a, a ACC or Pac-12 or Big 12 challenge. Right now they're playing in Missouri Valley, which is a, it's a decent conference, but usually won't ha- find a team that is, is in the top 50, top or 75. So. execution is lacking. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and and this is they still have to win games, obviously. But once you bring in analytics and more advanced numbers, it, in my opinion, brings out the true value of teams because, as you mentioned, the RPI is so heavily flawed with how you schedule, and we know that Mountain West struggles scheduling. So I think that's good news for the Mountain West, and I'll I'll have something on that. Excellent. Pretty soon. So all right, one last bit of break. Good. Breaking news at the moment, uh, just so you know. Um... Official, we know it's kind of been known, but um, SMU guard Tom Wilson officially enrolled at Boise State, eligible next uh, winter. That's good news. That's another Aussie for the for Leon Rice and those guys. He sure loves getting those Aussies on his team, doesn't he? Of course. You've got to beat out Randy Bennett, though. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So real quick, for those who don't know who he is, decorated prep player. He's part of the he's captain of the U seventeen, U nineteen Australia national team. Um, U seventeen squad went the uh, FIBA championship in uh, fourteen. Blah, 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 against the U.S., and then club circuit played very well. So various titles, junior league, uh, looks like cadet league, junior league with 16, 14 teams. So he's a, he didn't do much with SMU. I'm wondering if he'll have because, uh, well, I don't forget when Larry Brown is their last, but a good pickup, another player. So next year, look for that name. It's been, I think Jeff Goodman mentioned about two weeks ago, I want to say, maybe even Christmas time. But I guess with school now back in play, you can announce that stuff because if they're not enrolled, there's still something to – hands-off approach to naming stuff, whatever, who's on your roster. Is, is so. he immediately eligible, or I, I assume he has to sit out a year? Yes, next winter. So he'll be back for next okay. uh, second half of next year. Okay, that's a good pickup for Boise. All right, anything else we need to add to the show? I think we're good. We've gone almost an hour. That's crazy for hoops at the moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, I but, think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. So um, check us out, um, my, or my Twitter, MWC Connection. And uh, your Twitter, uh, you want to give a spelling out for that so people can actually find it since uh, you and I both have uh, unique spellings of last names. Yeah, definitely. Uh, B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R underscore E-L-I. So if you want Pac-12, Mountain West, or hoops in general? Yeah, definitely. You, you're the guy to follow anything. So that's it for today. And so, um, yeah, SoundCloud, uh, well, actually SoundCloud might be going away. So go to Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, um iTunes, leave a review, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll be back uh, next Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday or Thursday or Friday next week to talk more hoops. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Adios.